Hello, hello. Hey there, I'm Nick. And I'm Abby, and welcome to the Empowered by Empath podcast. Today we are so excited. We have Sari Ibrahim on, and he is the host of Thinking Like a Bank podcast. Hi, Nick and Abby. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to uh, be sharing the microphone today, so to speak. <laughs> Thank you. Nice. Yeah. Thanks for taking some time out of your day. Um, I'm honestly looking really forward to this podcast just because I love talking about finances in general and how finances apply to like growth and development outside of just the business world, but in professional and personal within you, building you. So, um, yeah. Thank you for uh, taking this time to be here. I know that you have, uh, like Abby mentioned, a podcast uh, thinking like a bank. So I want to definitely talk about that and get into that. But before we do, uh, could you give us a little buildup of how you got to from where you are then and to where you are now? Anything you'd like to share on your background? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I, I, I think based off of the name thinking like a bank, the audience could probably assume that I'm in like financial services. So that's what I do now. I'm a financial planner. And it obviously wasn't always like that. I got into this field when I was doing my MBA because I had like a passion for money and not just because of you know money be itself, but more of as a tool and what it could do for people and how it, it gets in the way for a lot of people. Right. It's, it tends to be the root of a lot of problems. It also tends to be the reason um, for opportunities, too. So money is obviously one of the most talked about things in relationships, friendships, business, you know, obviously it's, a, it's the core to a lot of things. So I, I wanted to dig into that, understand money from a conceptual point and, and, and more from like a mindset perspective. And if you look at like banks and, you know, large financial institutions, they obviously have all the wealth in the world and they do so because of the way they operate and the things they know about the world. So I you know, made it my goal to create the podcast and to bring on bankers, accountants, lawyers, real estate investors, and other professionals to talk about these strategies and principles you know that banks use and how anybody could apply these strategies you don't have to be bank you don't have to be a billionaire you don't have to come from a wealthy family it's it's about 80 percent of being wealthy is from your mindset and what you think about the world and how you perceive money that's where most wealth comes from so the, the thinking process and hence the name thinking like a bank nice yeah i really i really love that mindset because a lot of people do really say that like money is evil but it's not evil it's and it's it is whatever it is in the hands of the person who's using it and mm -hmm. if you are a good person and you learn how to make money in a good way then it's a positive thing and i think talking about money more often is what's going to be what allows people to change their mindset about how it's made and what it's used for yeah absolutely you're right money does amplify who you are you know so if you want to do good things with money i think you could you could even do more good things like start like not-for-profit organizations you could donate you could do things like that and if you do have like you know bad intentions you know money would probably amplify those intentions too so it's all about your intentions and what you want to do with it there's a lot you know it does get in the way for a lot of people and i think that understanding it definitely helps yeah definitely. yeah i like what you mentioned there when it came to because there's a big um I wouldn't necessarily call it a conspiracy, but there's just the way people think about banks and the way people think their money's being handled in the bank. And I mean, of course, you know, there are higher investment opportunities when it's just knowing how banks operate and what's available mm -hmm. for you out there. Um, I liked how you mentioned that you came in as you came in as this mission that you wanted to just help people educate outside of the banking system. Um, we've worked with some people in the past and they just absolutely don't like banks. And now seeing, <laughs> um, you know, what you can do financially outside of a bank and like investment opportunities like putting your money away on cds and um things yeah. like that but 
um, kind of bringing out the, I don't know how involved you are in the cryptocurrency market, um, but just learning how involved people are in that way of growing their money, just like they are in the stock market um, and what the potential is there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And just to be clear, I'm not an expert on cryptocurrency, but I do like the idea of it. I like the idea of having wealth that's not controlled by Wall Street, that's not controlled by the government. You know, um, this is something I think we've been needing for a long time. The only thing that, you know, like my financial opinion about uh, cryptocurrency is that just the volatility behind, I think it's just, it's too volatile right now. But other than that, the concept of the idea of cryptocurrency, I think is a really good idea of, of keeping money outside of the hands of banks and Wall Street, because, you know, you're, you're right. A lot of people do have like negative thoughts about banks uh, because of, you know, the amount of control they have, right? If they can, if you can right. control mm -hmm. the currency and control um, the money uh, supply in a, in a country or in an area, then you could pretty much control everything else behind that great yeah um and just that that ties right in with your statement with just like how it works is how it's happening because people are already kind of like having this overseeing of how finances are making the world turn um yeah it's it's a really interesting topic it's a topic that people are just you know not even aside from cryptocurrency but just money in general um yeah. it's a topic that everybody's talking about every single day it's something that you pretty much wake up <laughs> most likely thinking about and go to sleep thinking about whether it's positive or negative what's coming for you in your future um and then yeah. just using the money in the present moment and just saying whatever your thoughts are around it like what your what you said about your mindset about money earlier um and it's just how crazy how money actually rules the majority of our lives yeah. um just like how oxygen does pretty much so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i um yeah. i'm i'm really interested to to hear more on thinking like a bank and just like the stronger yeah. mission behind it for for just like who you're speaking to and and you know in your expert opinion you know when is it ideal to start thinking like a bank and i like that term banking on yourself um do you mind opening that up a little bit yeah yeah absolutely thanks for that yeah so um you know part of i'm um, so i'm a bank on yourself professional and what that means is we help clients with the bank on yourself strategy it's where you can become your own banker your own source of financing i mean it really started for, with a book becoming your own banker by nelson nash that's where you know a lot of banking terms but that's where it kind of started becoming your own banker by nelson nash and um you know helping helping people who are business owners who are full-time employees who are real estate investors become their own source of financing so that's what it is that's what bank on yourself is and obviously the 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 podcast that's where it led into it led into um you know thinking like a bank by using the bank on yourself concept now i think you know as far as when should somebody start thinking like a bank i think the sooner the better because really in order to you know th think a certain way you don't have to have the requirements to do so like you can start thinking like a bank without any money really even if you're in debt even which, whatever regardless of your financial situation i think that you can start applying at least one or two financial strategies that we talk about and thinking like thinking like a bank like for example um sometimes when i do financial analysis with clients like they'll say like i have a lot of they'll start off the conversation by saying i have a lot of debt and i want to tackle it and then we'll get further into it and i'm like all right well how much total do you have and they're like i don't know it's just like four or five credit cards and then we start going through each one you know and then they're like this is the first time in my life i've actually like written down each debt and how much it is how much the interest is how much the monthly payments are on it and then that got me thinking i'm like you know a lot of people are in this situation so it's not just the, the that's actually two problems right there one is the debt the amount the, the tangible one and then the second one is more of the intangible one this is the not knowing exactly how much it is so the second one is obviously you could solve that one faster than you could solve the first one so in other words you could understand your financial self-awareness or your financial awareness 
without any money really and that's where you know thinking like a bank comes in is that you can start applying these strategies for free uh, as soon as possible just like that one i have something called a, a financial tracker it's where i do this every day um i i log into it i got an excel sheet and i have like my uh the day for example today's date and then like checking account savings cash value and life insurance policies uh like 401k and then the sum of those assets for that day and then on the right side i have each debt side so if you have like three credit cards you would put in the, the credit card name and then each of them and then it'll show you the sum of the debt and then when you do this every day and you're logging in and you're seeing these accounts you're, you're more you're more likely to control them so you're more likely to control the debt bring that down you're more likely to increase your assets you're more likely if you're self-employed and you have control over your income you're more likely to make more money because you're seeing how much you're making every day and it gets you thinking now and like how you guys talk about in your in your episode in, in manifesting money like you get what you think about you know so if you're yeah. thinking about solving these problems and reaching these opportunities you 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 will have a higher chance of reaching them i i love that yeah so that's so true once you bring awareness to it is when it will actually start growing because it, even on the other side of debt like what is your financial goals like you have to break it down and see mm -hmm. what really is going to make you become free what really is going to get you out of that debt and then start you on making profit and then what where are you going to use that in your business and and that's actually something that a lot of people are concerned about like when they're taking the jump to launch their business they don't know what to focus on first they're like, well, I don't have any money right now. How am I going to have a business? But if you don't have yeah. a business, how are you going to have some money? And so, <laughs> yeah. like, what is, what is your thoughts when somebody says that to you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like, you know, my, my thought is, you know, it's because sometimes, for example, when I, I want to work with clients and they're like, I'm not ready to work with an advisor. You know, like you said, you're not ready to, to, to do the next step because of a lack of something. Uh, I, I compare it to like, for example, you want to go to the gym. Um, you don't go to the, you don't, it's like saying you need to be in shape to go to the gym. Rather, it's the opposite. You go to the gym to get into shape, you know, and the same is true when you are planning financially. Like you don't talk to, uh, at least I think you don't talk to a financial planner when you have money. You talk to a financial planner to make money, to, to figure out ways, actually more of like a financial coach, you know, I'm a, mm -hmm. I'm an advocate of coaching. Um, I've always had a life coach or business coach or a mentor, and that's helped me a lot, especially as an entrepreneur, you know? Um, so definitely I think that having an expert to talk to somebody to work with and somebody to work with you with numbers wise and to understand your objectives and where you want to go, um, could be the reason you, you, you will reach your next goal, you know, obviously with your mindset first and you believing in yourself and also with the guidance of other people. Yeah, mm -hmm. that, that is true. And so. This is something that we actually did when we launched our business. And some people say it's controversial and that you shouldn't do that, but we actually were already in debt and we weren't making enough money. So we decided to go into a little bit more debt to fund the beginning of our business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's definitely something controversial that we talk about sometimes, but have you had to experience that or coach somebody through that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, even for myself, when I started my business, I had to, you know, get into a lot of credit card debt because I couldn't qualify for any business loans. I didn't have any business experience. I didn't have any collateral. So the only form of financing I really had was the cash I had in my checking account and savings account from previous jobs and from credit cards. And I remember like I had a 0% interest credit card and it was like $20,000 limit. And I, in one year I used all $20,000, but I, I used it all for entirely for business purposes 
and then the following month came like the 13th month where where now it, it went away it went from zero percent interest to like 16 percent interest and then my um my interest alone every month was like $400 that I had to pay every month. And I was, okay, now I need to really, really like figure out a way to like make money much faster. And it was putting me into all these gears, like shifting gears and, and everything that I was doing was revolving around reducing that problem. And then once I started to reduce that problem, then I got another credit card because I had to keep the business moving and I had to do like other consulting jobs and other things just to keep, to stay, to, to keep everything moving. So yeah, I do know how it is to go from debt to more debt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, it's, it's uh it's nice to be able to share that you know back and forth because truthfully i think there's a lot of uh, misconception or just something that's a little blurry uh between the lens that's been seen between people who start a business and people who don't start a business um whether that yep. you know not talking about people who are just kind of um fed business from people who know business but starting from like the bottom up you know yep. doing the yep. research online you know talking to people networking with them speaking to people that are further along that path than where you are and kind of like just taking that advice in and uh, uh delegating what what really affects you and what's not going to affect you on your path and um you know i, I just I, I like that transparency that was shared because truthfully it, it gives people anyone who's listening to this podcast or just in general of which we may speak to in our daily lives whether that's mm -hmm. professional or um you know personal it gives like that realistic uh point of view that it, it doesn't just happen because somebody's yeah. special it happens because somebody's willing to take those kind of jumps take those financial risks, put themselves in uncomfortable positions, um, you know, almost every single day or every single month or week, just to be able to have like within, you know, 24 months down the road, you have a completely different financial bank account statement in front of you than what you were just sitting with two years ago. You know, just because you made those kind of decisions that somebody who is just kind of like working the 40 hour work week and not doing anything else outside of that, you know, a change really starts to happen and you start to transition your time in a different ways. And then you can start to, um, work on um, wealth preservation and growth, which I know mm -hmm. that's one of your specialties that you work in. So when somebody gets to the point where they're trying to preserve their wealth mm -hmm. and grow their wealth, what comes in next from from your side? How would you help somebody take it to the next level? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, we, we we're, we're we're going from like you know like for example from the bottom up from like that to like making money like breaking even, and now we have like profits and extra money, which is where every entrepreneur wants to get to that that point of extra money where you would make more money than just having a job, you know. But now it's a matter of keeping that wealth, preserving it and keeping yeah. it. Because if you think about true wealth, it's not about the amount of money you make; it's about the amount of money you can actually keep. Um, so we, in order to to keep that money. I guess you have to use um, a combination of financial vehicles. You need to have your money working somewhere or living somewhere in some sort of vehicle or method that's gonna um, outpace inflation, that's gonna have tax advantages, that's gonna keep growing. Because essentially, let's just say for example, you work and let's say that you know 10% of all your profits are going into a, a savings account or checking account uh, with today's interest rates nothing's going to happen they're just going to keep you know um it's going to keep growing which is good but at the same time it's not going to drive it into the future you can't use that account to bring it into the future because of inflation and because of the loss of opportunity costs you could have earned one thing that a lot of entrepreneurs do is they just keep reinvesting all their money to make more money and that's good i recommend that but at the same time i recommend having your money growing at cash reserves growing somewhere that's going to earn compound interest and that's going to outpace inflation that's going to have tax advantages and that's going to grow and this is where the bank on yourself strategy comes in is that it helps entrepreneurs who have reached the point where they've gone past the, the break-even point and now they're actually making money 
to preserve it, to, to have a system where that's accessible and that's compounding and that's going again. It has to be in a vehicle. You need to be able to have it drive itself and for it to grow. And for, you know, you know, the saying, your money has to work for you now, not just you work for money, but your money has to work for you. Yeah. Um, so in terms of having that vehicle, do you mean that in terms of your, your business model or is that the compound savings account or is it a mixture of both? Yeah, that's a good question. It could be both. Yeah. So, you know, a financial vehicle could be your business, you know, where you can mm -hmm. add more money into it and that'll grow the business. Absolutely. It could also be something external to your business, outside of your business, like um, a bank on yourself type policy, for example, that would be outside of your business and you would put money into it. It would grow over time and you would be able to access it. Yeah. So definitely another form, another type of vehicle, um, something I'm an advocate of is passive real estate investing. This is where you would just invest in other deals and they would do all the work because essentially with real estate investing, there's pretty much two sides to it. There's active real estate investing and then passive real estate investing, right? Active is when you go out, you find the properties, you're assessing them, you're talking to the brokers, you're, you're making the offers, you're buying them, you're talking to the contractors, you're doing all the work. It takes expertise. And then passive is where you're not doing anything. You're just simply moving money from one bank to another fund and they're doing all the work and then you're getting a dividend or return. There's risk involved, obviously, just like anything else. But that's something I'm an advocate of. I like you know, passive investing in real estate because you're investing into a tangible um, place. There's an actual address, there's an actual place you're investing into, whereas the stock market is a little bit volatile, not too big on the stock market. But the point is, to answer your question, Abby, you do want to have kind of both, where your, your business is a financial vehicle and also outside of that, is a, is a you have other vehicles too which is where experts come in like financial experts that can help you find these types of investments yeah that that's so true and it it does make sense because a lot of people they want to do things by themselves but if mm -hmm. you want to do it by yourself it's going to take so much longer and take so many more mistakes but if you just talk to somebody who's already doing it and knows some ins and outs of the business already then it, it definitely speeds your growth. And it's important to think about that early on because when setting your goals, you have to know what things are gonna line up where, and you, you could have missed an opportunity if you didn't talk it out and like set those goals and talk to a coach or something like that in the beginning stages. So you don't have to redo anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's so smart. Exactly. Yeah, like you wanna, you know, because I think like, so like I'm a visionary, right? So one problem that like I guess visionaries have is they think too far ahead. And then when you think too far ahead, you might miss certain details or certain steps, you know? So yeah, of course, if you want to obviously dream big, but also have like ways of, you know, getting help from different people and then allocating different skills in different areas. So like where you're good at, you would stay in that. And then where you're not, you can kind of outsource that or partner with somebody else to do something else. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we definitely had our experiences with those. <laughs> those sides and those beginnings of building um just <laughs> enterprise in general it's it's um it's unique to be able to allow somebody in especially on the financial side we have an accountant but we do not have a financial advisor or a financial coach um and i know those areas are very um what's the what's the term it's like a experience expert kind of like mix of a word that i'm trying to look for right now um, but just being able to have that and just hearing what you're sharing based off of where to take money next, it really, it like, it really sounds like you're able to just not only make money, um, based off of just one thing, but also make it off of one that then puts the gas in the other vehicles and you're not necessarily looking for debt anymore 
or loans or investments from people because you become your own financial investor because you've gotten some financial coaching involved with that, um, which is so powerful because then you're just literally a self-run multi-millionaire, multi-billionaire. You know, I'm sure we'll see multi-trillionaires in the future just based on the way money's yeah. inflating and how much prices are going up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I like how you said that, Nick. You, you you want your money going from like one place to another place and kind of like snowballing where it's like mm -hmm. your job is, for example, helping your business and your business helps your real estate. Then your, your real estate helps more real estate and then more businesses. And this is how people get wealthy, you know? They, they're using their leverage assets they're leveraging other people they're leveraging different uh, sources of, of funds to go on to the next level and it becomes like like for example like you know um, when you're driving a car like for example a stick shift car you know and you start off in first gear it requires a lot of um like energy to move it in first gear but then by the time you, then you take that energy shift into second gear and then you take in that by the time you get to like sixth gear for example mm -hmm. you only need like a small amount of energy because you have the car and the momentum and all the previous gears from before that are you know you're going like 80 miles per hour by using this much fuel um you know very little <laughs> fuel because of the previous efforts of that you know you've shifted gears and the same thing is true with business it becomes easier and easier to make more money because of your previous efforts yeah Definitely. I love how you used an analogy for that too. I'm a very visual person. Um, <laughs> so I love the snowball to the car analogy. It's 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 great because not only can you can you do that, but then when it comes to just like thinking about I'm a I'm the type of person who thinks like into the future. I love living in the moment, being in the present, but living into the future of what's next. Um I don't know, do you have kids or are kids something that are in your so we're well, we're expecting my, my wife and oh. I. So she's uh, uh -huh. like three Congratulations. months. Congratulations. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, great. So you're probably going to resonate with what I'm about to say. Thinking about when you're building wealth is not just for your present time, but it's also for your future time that you have with your family, whether that's your yep. family that's come before you, that's given life to you, or the family that you're creating that you're giving life to. Yeah. So yep. being able to set up that foundation for your family in the future is something that's going to take so much stress off of your shoulders. It's also going to take the relief of time pressure which in which is just in short explanation which i'm sure it's explained itself it's just not having enough time to spend with the people that you love doing things mm -hmm. and things that you want to do more or less so often the things you don't want to be doing like creating the wealth so taking those steps to put those things down first in order to have a future with people and not the first thought waking up is money not the last thought going to bed is money but it's you know family oriented more thinking because you've already taken care of that boat that ship's already sailed and it's going yep. in doing its own runs without you. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, something I think heavily about into the future. And just talking to you about creating your wealth bigger just even inflates that, that thinking even more, just because of just how important your time is, because you can make more money, but you can't make more time, as we all know. Oh, 100%, I love that. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, money is almost infinite. Like there's really no other amount to money, but time, everybody only has 24 hours a day. Everybody has the same exact amount of time. We can't, you know, recycle, we can't really replace it. Um, but money we could so yeah I, I definitely think i agree with you money is is i mean sorry time is way more valuable than money so that should be like that that's actually why i became you know an entrepreneur so that way i can have more control and why a lot of people that i talk to uh become entrepreneurs so that way they can have more control over their time you know yeah absolutely i think that in the whole world the the mindset has to change from money being evil or money being bad or only for the people who are thinking about money all the time instead of that now money is a tool yep. money is a tool that can give me the things that i really care about in life 
And when people start to really make that switch and put that intention out there, maybe it won't be so stressful to start off a business or be willing to invest into a coach that's gonna be able to help you make investments in the future and towards your future, because now you have a major why behind it. And it's not just mm -hmm. about money, it's about the freedom that you're about to have, the possibilities with the business that you wanna create and the lifestyle that you're gonna change because of that. And then your family, yourself, and all of that is so important and instead of being scared of money you can be smart about it and you can think like a bank and you can support yourself and not have to worry about those kinds of things anymore mm -hmm. absolutely i love that the why yeah definitely you know your your why is everything and i think it's uh we should start with our why and then keep reinforcing that keep like going back to that like remember why we're doing all these things for sure mm -hmm. yeah i agree the the topic of money is um, something that obviously can be talked about mm -hmm. infinitely. Um, yes. Creating it, losing it, um, just <laughs> what it is in general and, and the idea behind it, but just like beyond money, right? When it comes to the next steps of, of, of wealth, we talked about wealth management and growing it, but then there's also the, um, the, the aspect of the next reality that you also participated in and that's helping people grow in is also um, the insurance side. So yep. when you start working with insurance, what are some things that you've, you've found with people who have finances that can necessarily just pay outright for things? Because something that we've learned is people who may have more money don't necessarily have insurances because of the wealth <laughs> that they've created. People who generally don't have the wealth to cover something when it happens doesn't, it like takes more um, policies out. And, um, does that make sense when I'm communicating just based on the two mindsets that we have based on people with money, without money, and then how they use um, insurance policies? Have you seen anything like that? Yeah, yeah, Nick, that's a good question. So, so you know, there's different, you know, like there's different, obviously, many different types of insurance. And I and I get what you're saying is that some people may need insurance because they don't have a lot of money. So they might need the, you know, the, to transfer their risk to a different type of company to help them. And then others could be wealthy enough to be self-insured to the point where they don't need to transfer the risk. They could um, insource that risk. Is that what, is that what you're asking me? Yes, yeah. precisely. And, 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 I, and I think that's true for certain types. Like, for example, um, for certain types of insurance, I see that like, um, let's see, like, for example, business insurance, like I, I with all my experience in, in insurance from auto insurance, homeowners, commercial insurance, I see that the wealthier people become on, on, on the auto home and business side, they start to reduce coverage because they can afford because they can afford the risk. Um, where, but whereas like the bank on yourself concept that also uses insurance policy and insurance policies. And I see that as the wealthier people get, the more of those types of policies they're using because of the financial rewards or financial benefits that come with using those types of insurance. So I get what you're saying. Yeah, there, are, there is a difference in as people are getting wealthier and the use of insurance, but it does uh, vary on the type of insurance and the purpose of that insurance. And I think purpose is everything. Purpose is the most important thing when it comes to using like the bank on yourself concept and thinking like a bank is that, you know, what is it that we want to accomplish? And if, if the an insurance policy could be a tool that can help us get there, then we'll, we'll use that, you know? And this is where like the financial analysis comes in. What we're talking about is that we're talking to a client, we're getting to know their financial, financial situation and everything they want to do. And then the solution is typically, you know, one or at least, you know, two, sometimes three insurance policies, um, uh, the bank on yourself way and use to get to their goals or their objectives. So it's all about understanding the goals and objectives and then seeing if we could use an insurance product um, to fit their goals. Yeah. 
See, this is literally proof on why this podcast was important to talk about because we, a lot of people are unaware of how mm-hmm. to use insurance the right way, how to financially move yourself forward so that you can launch a business or leverage debt in the right way. And, and now mm-hmm. having a conversation with you, it's even opened up our eyes a little bit to some other ways that, that we can leverage what we have so readily available for us. And um, it's it's nice that you were saying, and it's just a good reminder to people that money just amplifies who you are as a mm-hmm. person. So use it to leverage your wise, use it mm-hmm. to move your life forward and to be able to fund the dreams and to win back your time. And I love that mindset of just banking on yourself. And I'm glad that we've gotten to discuss that with you. Yeah, definitely. I, and I'm glad that you guys had brought me on the show. You know, I think financial awareness is, is definitely, you know, financial literacy is a super important topic that, um, you know, I think that especially like, for example, in our school systems in the States, we need to kind of have it more at a younger age, like, you know, more, more you know, junior high school and high school, we're talking about money and, um, you know, the how to, you know, build wealth for the future. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a big fan, obviously, of financial literacy and, you know, I appreciate being on the show. Absolutely. I um, just, that's actually something, it's crazy that you said that. The parallel of making that, I don't know if that thought just happened now or that's something that you think about often. <laughs> um, but in these past few days, just thinking overall in general about how we're educated through money in the school system, it has been something that just crossed my mind to where it's there, but the depth of it isn't there. There's a small scratch on the surface of like just being aware and slightly of that, but you can put yourself in some situations where it's like if someone had just educated you a little bit more or you had listened to a podcast that was similar to this or just a podcast that's like yours, where it's solely built around that type of thinking, um, it can really open up the the way people's minds are thinking about money and just how to invest it and how to use it and just what's actually out there attached to what it does. So. Um, you know, yeah, just again, thank you. It's uh, It's been great, you know, communicating these thoughts with you and, and, and unpacking some of this stuff because like Abby said, it gave, it gave us some new light on um, how to think about it and um, some next steps even down the road for us. And, and um, you know, having somebody like that to you that we could come to is somebody that we could trust to be able to work with further along down the road. Um, you know, I hope that others have felt that same value from you just based on your professionalism of how you deliver the information that you are um, an expert in. So. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that, guys. Um, and one one thing I could do too is I can for the for the audience if they want to reach out, um, I can give them a free copy of a book called Becoming Your Own Banker by Nelson Nash. Um, if they reach out to us, I can send them a free copy of the book. Um, it's like a seventy page PDF, um, and it's it's a book that talks about awesome. the core of like the idea of becoming your own banker and and why that's even um, why that's why that's necessary, especially in today's um in today's world so yeah i can i can send them a free copy of that and if it's okay with you i could share like my link so that way yeah. people can go there absolutely yeah, it's uh finassetprotection.com um f-i-n assetprotection.com the name of the company is financial asset protection but just to make the domain name shorter i just used finassetprotection.com and then there you could like schedule an appointment you can connect with me on linkedin you can go to our youtube channel and whichever way you reach out i'm gonna send you a free copy of the book Perfect. Thank you for that. And thanks for sharing that with our audience. Absolutely. Thanks for making that available. Thank you. All right. And that's the close of the Empowered by Empath podcast. Remember, we love you guys.